0: Hello, thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Aaron Varner, Senior Pastor here at West Hill. If you're visiting, we're really glad and excited to have you. Children are dismissed for Children's Church as they head to their time together in the Word. We're excited to welcome Rachel Bowden. Uh, Inside of your bulletin, if you want, you can grab an insert, the insert that's in there, uh, and you can look at that. Um, The theme there is called Redeem Costa Rica, and Rachel's been with us before. It's good to have her back now after having some time there in the ministry uh, there in Costa Rica, and I'm excited for her to come and share with you uh, what's on her heart and how God's been using her in the ministry there. Uh, I just would ask that you that you would pay close attention, listen attentively as, as you listen, um, that, that God would work in your mind and in your heart to uh, to the ministry there in Costa Rica, but also to how you can be a part of the ministry uh, in Extension. So would you welcome with me uh, Rachel Bowden. Rachel, thank you. Good morning. Thanks, Rachel. Thank
1: you. Can we go back a little bit? Just one. Oh, that's back. That's me. One more. (laughs) Okay. Let's just, I don't know if it'll stay, but just hang out there for a second. Good morning. Um, I am Rachel, and I am a missionary in Costa Rica. Some of you will remember that I was here with you last year in August-ish and um, was sharing with you the the desire, the dream, the goal that God had placed on my heart to go and be a full-time missionary in Costa Rica, to have repeated opportunities to um, share the gospel. That's fine. You can leave it there. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, to have repeated opportunities to share the gospel with the men and women who are working on the streets there. Um, and so I went. <laughs> I went, and I was there for nine months so far, and I return in August. And it's just been amazing to see what God has been doing. Um, so we, before we, I get into some of those stories and those details, we're going to just... Um, we're going to talk about some boring stuff. So, okay, you can go ahead with that one. <laughs> okay, so monthly memberships. We, many of us, have several of them. Um, different things cost us different dollars. That coffee is maybe your Dunkin' or your Tim Hortons, if you have that, or um, probably not Starbucks, because I can't afford that. Um, And so we we pay for these things, we don't even think about them, but I just wanted to throw them up there, not saying you shouldn't have these things, because I'm not giving up coffee, and... um, you know, I, I have a cell phone that I pay for for unlimited data, and, you know, part of that, sure, I could get a cheaper plan if I really wanted it to, but I like the convenience of being able to talk to anybody in the States while I'm in Costa Rica, etc., etc. So it's not about not having these things. It's about realizing how much money we spend on them. So if we'll go to the next slide. These are some things that $100 can buy. So you... One, one cup of coffee per week comes out to almost a hundred dollars a year. And a hundred dollars can buy 220 pounds of rice. And that would be 70 days of food eating rice at all three meals. Or 132 pounds of beans. And that would be 44 days of food eating it at all three meals. Um, it would also cover 66 nights of coffee for our ministries. It would cover 10 nights of all the cookies that we buy for our ministry, two full tanks of gas, um, maybe even a little bit more and five months of cell service for the ministry, the ministry phone from Costa Rica. So those are just a couple things that hundred dollars can buy. You can go to the next one. A couple of things that $500 can buy. That would pay for one month of my rent and a month of my all of my transportation. One month of rent for a dedicated ministry space that we are looking to get. Five months utility, five self defense classes. I'm hoping to hold one every quarter, so that would cover a whole year. Um, 15 paint classes, including all of the um, supplies, et cetera six months of Bible studies, offering coffee and cookies at the Bible studies because nothing else really costs money unless we want to do books, six months of English classes, 15 months of that phone service, and so um, I've had people say, you know, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I have $10, and I'm sorry I can't give you more, Um, or here's a, a hundred, and I'm sorry I can't do more, but look how far it goes. Look what it can do. And so it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, I just want to talk about the, the handout that I gave you real quick. Um, one huge praise. Love this. So the original budget that I raised of $34,000, and some of that was in chunks of money that people gave, the $10, $100. Some of that was in monthly donating. Um, people who have committed to give a set amount of money every single month. That was meant to last for one year, and I flew down there in September. Um, As of right now, that money is going to last 15 months instead of 12, and that is so awesome. Unfortunately, I'm living without health insurance, but God is good, and he's kept me relatively healthy, and so um, that is why that money is stretching out longer. As of monthly giving right now at this moment, if nothing else changes, I'm only bringing in about 50% of what I need to actually live on, and that 50% is not including health insurance. Um, so, without the other 50% either donated um, monthly or um, one time donations. It looks like February will be the end of uh, the mission, but God is in, in control of that. I was able to save money in my monthly rent. I moved from one location to another location, which has been phenomenal because where I am now, I'm surrounded by other American missionaries. I'm in walking distance to almost everything that I need, or I can get a ride with other people who are going the same place, and so that has been a wonderful savings for me. Um, and so the money that I am saving, I have been able to then spend on ministry and spend, um, buying food for somebody, buying, um, even paying for their health insurance, um, transport to doctor's appointments, all kinds of different things. Somebody has a need and I can I can do that. I can fulfill that. And so God has been really wonderful and really blessed me with all of that. Um, The goals, and again, I said, uh, this is all the boring stuff. We'll get to the other stuff later. Um, the goal would be approximately another $1,200 in monthly commitments in order to prolong the, um, the work that I'm doing there. Another goal is approximately $500 in monthly commitments so that we can obtain a dedicated ministry space in downtown where our friends are. And... Um, also looking for about $200 to either purchase a phone or have a donated phone so we can dedicate that phone specifically to the ministry in the streets. Some things, the uses of the ministry space would be Bible studies, discipleship, food pantry, self-defense, paint classes, lots of classes, and also having an emergency safe space. So um, in the event that somebody has no place to sleep, um, or is in a dangerous position, uh, we would be able to offer that space um, overnight and try to figure things out in the morning, um, at least so that they somebody would have a, a safe place to just sleep um, and eat and, and hang out. On the bottom of that handout, I did put um, the different um, te- technology... <laughs> things. What are they called? Websites? I don't know. Um, So there's my website, there's the website for the people who handle all of my finances, and then there is my Facebook page. So you can find out more at any time um, from that if you go to the bottom of my website. On the bottom of every single page is a link to sign up for the monthly newsletter. So I do a newsletter every month except this month and next month because I'm here. <laughs> and so maybe I'll do one, maybe I won't, I don't know. Um, so that is the boring stuff. Um, let's. I want to talk a little bit about the various ministries that I'm involved in so we can go ahead to the next one. Casa Agape. Casa Agape is a what we call a street church. It is held in a building currently um, that is owned or rented by another church and they lend us the space every other Sunday night. We have a time of worship and we have um, someone speak or teach and then um, we have a meal and we're able to hand these people a meal whether they're um, working on the street, living on the street, um, in poverty, in poverty, dealing with addiction, whatever, they can come in, hear the word of God, have a warm meal, and then we get a chance to sit and talk with them. And it's just an opportunity for us to be able to be Jesus and to share with them, find out where they're at, build a bond of trust. And so if you see the picture on the left, that is um, Rafa. He runs Casa Agape, and then one of our friends who is on stage for some kind of demonstration. And then in the other picture, Rafa is speaking to a gentleman who struggles with addiction. And um, I was sitting in the corner. I kind of snuck this picture because I heard Rafa praying with him and him giving his life to Christ. And so um, being a part of this Um, service and organization has just been such a blessing to me. Unfortunately, right now, they are also looking for a new space. Um, We haven't been able to have church in the last month because that church that was running the space has left, and they're um, moving. And so we no longer have a space to have our church. And so we are praying that God will provide um, a new space for Casa Agape. And the next one. So one of the companies I work with is called Light Force International. Light Force has two sides of the of the company. They have they work with trafficking, human trafficking, and so one side is all children's ministry. We have three different ministries in three different towns. Two of them, well, th- actually, all three of them incorporate somehow a feeding program, and then um, there's also like game time or a craft and um, preaching of the word and, and, you know, memory verses and that kind of thing. And this is a wonderful way that we are able to teach children to value themselves, have better self-esteem, and in that way they can learn some skills and abilities and they are not as vulnerable to being trafficked. And, um, you know, sometimes these kids, that's the only meal they get. And so um, it's, it's a wonderful... Wonderful thing that we get to do with them. And so we have, like I said, the three different ones. We have um, a Friday morning in a place called La Guasima, a Tuesday afternoon uh, in a place called Batania, which is uh, primarily in or in a town with single mothers. So mom's working and the kids are out of school with nothing to do. And any of you who used to be teenagers know that a bored teenager is a dangerous teenager. <laughs> so we try to keep them busy. And um, then the third one is partnering with a Presbyterian church in a place called Trace Rios, and um, we get food from a food bank to help them feed the, the children that come on Thursdays. So you can go to the next one. Some of what I do is translation, which I absolutely love. Um, I live in a town with lots of missionaries from lots of different organizations. And so I get the call a lot. Hey, Rach, what are you doing? Can you come translate? We have a team coming in. And so sometimes it's a team that is going to be doing concrete. Sometimes they're teaching sewing classes. Um, Sometimes it's a medical team, and so it's so wonderful to be hands on in these translation roles because it's it's just so wonderful to bridge that gap to have somebody with so much skill and someone with so much need, and without that translation, they would be nowhere you know they'd just be Two bumps on a log. And so, um, this particular medical clinic in Los Quito that we did, there was a team of 60 people who came from Charleston. 30 of those people were medical. And we had a five day medical clinic from 9 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon. And we saw about 170 people every single day who. It was just, it was insane. It was amazing. You know, they had this instant access to a doctor, to eye or you know, getting their eyes checked, to physical therapy, to a pediatrician, you know, and they came in for everything. Like things, you're just like, why are you alive? <laughs> your sugar is 400. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so yeah, it's crazy things, but God has been so, I've been so blessed to be able to get up and go and do these translations and help with all these other ministries. There's actually about 10 different ministries at this point that I've been able to work with, 10 different companies in their various ministries that I've been able to work with at this point. You can go to the next one. One of those things that I do in many different places is English classes. And um, if you had talked to me last year and I was telling you how I had to raise this money because I can't work in Costa Rica and I can't get paid, um, you know, many people said to me, well, why don't you just teach English? And I was like, no. Nope, I'm not doing that. I don't like English. It's, it's a silly language. It's difficult, it has no rules, it has exceptions of exceptions, it's just, it's awful. I'm not teaching English. And then God was like, guess what? I got a job for you. And so now I teach English all over the place. Um, So far I've taught in, I think, Four or five different ministries. Um, Some of those have concluded, some of them are ongoing. And so um, I just left this class in Los Quito before I came. And they were Tuesday and Thursday mornings, beginners and intermediates. Um, One of the girls, the one of the women, um, says she wants to be a translator. And that's just, I just think that's so cool. A lot of them are learning English to help with their jobs. I had a student who's in business, owns his own company, and so he's learning English in order to be able to communicate with his clients who are in China because they speak English. And so he's trying to speak English with his Chinese clients. <laughs> it's so crazy what God does. Um, I think there's another one. Yes. Okay. Our street ministry. This is my happy place. As much as I can't stand teaching English, I love doing this. Um, our street ministry it goes out the first and third Saturdays of every month. We take our coffee. We take our cookies. We drive a specific route. We have regular people that we see. This guy right here, his parents are both pastors, but he's working on the street. Um, basically out of pride. Um, And so we get to go chat with people. Um, We we drive around. If we see somebody and they're not busy, we will um, pull over, jump out, hey, do you want some coffee? Would you like some cookies? And sometimes they're like, no, I'm good. And we're like, oh, do you want a, a cold drink? We have cold drinks. And they're like, no. And we're like, "Uh, do you want some prayer? And they're like, okay. They, like, I would say 95% of the people we encounter will take prayer. And then there's maybe, like, one, maybe one person a night who's like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. But almost everybody we see, we, we stop, we talk, even if they don't want coffee or cookies, you know, depending on the, the night or their diet, (laughs) um, we will have an opportunity to just chat. And sometimes that's five minutes. Hey, how you doing? And they're distracted and they're working and they're, busy. Um, sometimes it's someone we haven't seen in a long time. So we get, you know, 15, 20 minutes to catch up. Sometimes it's somebody we see all the time and we're we're connected with them. And so we're able to go, hey, how was that doctor's appointment? Or how's your mom doing? I know her, her leg was bothering her or whatever. And so we build these relationships. We build this trust with these people. And the hope is that Not only are we getting an opportunity every single time to bring them Jesus, but we're also building trust so that should anything happen, should anything go sideways, should they need help or food, they know they can come to us. They know that we're not going to judge them based on their profession. They know that we're not going to turn them away because they're not perfect. We do not operate on... Fix your sin and come to Jesus because it doesn 't work. you cannot do it. you are not capable. You must come to Jesus and he will fix your sin. You must repent, and you can't you can 't do it on your own. you cannot do it on your own and so we are just able to to walk with these people and love on them and um, just really. It's, it's just beautiful. I, I just love it. I love the fact that I flew home on a on night when I would have been out in the streets and my staff texted me and they said, "Rach, everybody was asking where you were." Like, they like me. <laughs> they really like me. <laughs> and so that's, that's just a beautiful thing. Um, you can go to the next one. Our off-street ministry is what we're looking for this space for. So we are trying to do these different classes. And one of the classes we started was a painting class. And we had some of our our friends come and just sit and paint. And it was just great to be with them when they weren't on the clock. Um, They weren't looking for business. We were just being friends and hanging out and whatever came out came out (laughs) and it was just, it was fun. It was a really good time. That's one of my coworkers, Annabelle, with one of our friends, Fanny. The self-defense class is another one of the classes. I am right now prepared to have this class. I have um, an instructor lined up and everything, but um, we have no place to do the class yet. This is Monica. If you read my newsletters, you will have heard a lot about Monica. Monica and I spend a decent amount of time together. This is her house uh, where she lives. She has electricity. She has no running water. She has no bathroom. Um, she doesn't really even have a, f- a floor, as you can tell. Um, but Monica's works every day at finding a job. Monica used to be on the streets. She's been off the streets now for about 15 months. And in all that time and all that struggle, she has not returned to the streets. And that is by God's grace alone. And so um, I spent a lot of time with Monica just trying to disciple and pour into her life. And um, sometimes that means buying food because she can't... she can't buy food. She doesn't have any money, and I would rather gift her two weeks of groceries than have her return to the street. And so, um, we're we're building a really beautiful friendship, and so that's that's such a blessing also that God has given me. I also want to tell you about um, two other people, because not everything is sunshine and roses. We had, there was a child we met actually out in the street, 16 years old, living out on the street because he had been in a home. Um, what do we call it? It's kind of like a foster home, but a group home. He was in a group home and uh, he was abused and he ran away. And he was a brave boy and he did go to the police and all this stuff, but the system said, okay, we've got your complaint, we're working on it, but we don't have anywhere to put you right now, so you'll have to go back to that home where that person is. And he said, I'll sleep on the street. And so he was actually sleeping in an ER uh, of a hospital overnight because he didn't have anywhere else to go. And one of the things he wanted was a bus ticket home to where he lived, which was about $10 for the bus ticket. And he would ask people, oh, can you give me money for this bus ticket? And they wouldn't give it to him because they didn't believe him or whatever. And um, he had a a friend back home who was willing to let him sleep on his couch and work on his farm and go to school, Um, but he couldn't get there. And so we were able then to put him on that bus and send him home and we got texts from him, and he's like, I'm all good, everything's good, da-da-da-da-da. And so that was a win, you know. We got a 16-year-old kid off the street. Amen. But we also met an 18-year-old girl who at the time was six months pregnant, and a few days later she had lost the baby. And we were walking with her through that process, um, trying to get her into, um, like, state aid, so that she didn't have to work on the street anymore. And um, she had an abusive boyfriend who she kept returning to. And um, finally the day came, she's done, she wants off the street, she wants our help. We have these conditions, the conditions are dot, dot, dot. Can't work on the street, can't do drugs, can't do alcohol, can't return to the abusive boyfriend. Yes, yes, yes. And we paid for an Airbnb. We bought her new clothes. We b- bought her food that she could, and what she wanted so she could make her own food. And within a day, she was breaking the conditions, returning to the boyfriend, disappearing. Um, and, and it came down to, she doesn't want our help. She's not ready, she's not there. She's 18 years old and thinks she can handle it. And so she's working on the street. And and not all of our stories are a win. But we truly believe that God puts us where he puts us for that time, for that season, for that reason. And we are only called to be obedient regardless of the outcome. And so that is what we are trying to do. and um, And I do think it's worth it. I absolutely do. You can go to the next one. Um, I have what I call family. In Costa Rica, I have a lot of missionaries that surround me, and they are so good to me, and um, they support me. And I also have my real family. My parents came to visit. We caught a bunch of fish, and my mom ate them. Well, one of them. Anyway, um, we did some fun things, and... um, That's my dad. That's my best friend, she came to visit as well. We saw a bunch of animals and monkeys and all kinds of fun things. Had a birthday party for one of the girls on my staff. Surprise birthday party, that was really fun. Those are my neighbors and they're kinda like family now. I go sit on their couch and they feed me. It's kinda great. That's my ladies' Bible study, one of the three that I've been a part of so far. It's usually the same group of women with a couple of comers in and goers out, depending on who's on furlough and who the new girl in town is. And so I love these women, they're just so wonderful. And um, we have such a good time. We, we pray for each other, we share, we discuss, and we have this Bible study that is important. Um, that was us going out for my birthday. Apparently Mario and Luigi were there and um, My mom, when my mom came, she brought letters, cards from people at um, churches and family, and I had like 37 cards or something. It was pretty wonderful. Um, You can go to the next one. So this end part is just kind of stuff, stuff you can see, stuff that exists. Uh, Starbucks plantation for coffee and all kinds of fun things. But um, I wanted to kind of open up to any kind of a question-answer type of thing. Does anybody have any questions? I think I'm covering it, but I'm sure I'm not covering it. (laughs) So does anybody have any questions at all? Something you'd like to know? Good question. The population, I'm in the capital city, and I would say the population in the Central Valley is probably around 1.5 million. Yeah. So her question is, since prostitution is a legal business, legal business in Costa Rica, do we have to worry about pimps and um, violence and that sort of thing? And um, pimping is illegal, and while it does still exist most of the people that we encounter are not under anybody. Um, Most of the people that we see on the street work for themselves, and that's probably why they're on the street, because the people who wanna work in hotels or casinos, brothels or um, clubs, they're all under like that club owner, that bar owner, whatever. So if you wanted to work for yourself or, say, you're past your prime and can no longer work in a hotel or a casino, you're probably working on the street. Also, we deal with, like, probably 85% of the people that we deal with are transgender, and they are not allowed in the clubs and casinos. That has been a really interesting thing to navigate. I ha uh, my dog and cat sit <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Any other questions? Cool. Yes. Um, sir?
0: Would you share with us how can we best pray for you and for the ministry there in Costa Rica?
1: So I would say right now the the biggest prayers that we have are um, this being able to obtain a ministry space where we can continue ministry. Um, You know, if if somebody wanted to walk up to us and go, I have a space, here you go. (laughs) Yes. Um, but uh, since that's not likely to happen, we're looking for about $500 a month to be able to rent that space. Um, So that's one of our biggest, like, functional prayers. Mm -hmm. Um, There is such a huge pride movement, the LGBTQ Mm -hmm. pride movement in Costa Rica, that it makes it very difficult to... um, to approach somebody who's living under a false identity. Mm -hmm. And so um, just prayers for our ability to love with compassion without judgment and yet be able to speak the truth in love. And um, that God would give us opportunities to just find unique ways to love because it's, it's really difficult if you wanna do a jewelry class but not invite transgender people to do that because we're trying not to enforce a false identity. Mm-hmm. So
0: it, it, it's sticky. yeah. Messy. It's messy. Messy. It's very messy. Well, thank, thank you for thank coming you. and joining. I, I want to mm-hmm. pray over you and with you. And uh, would you join me, Lord? Thanks for Rachel and for the ministry that you have given to her there in Costa Rica and and to her team as well. We thank you for... The stamina and the energy, the good health, and we also thank you for the finances that you provided, and the the way that uh, Rachel and others have been able to stretch that out. We thank you for that, Lord. It reminds me of the feeding of the four thousand and the five thousand, how you took just such little and you did much with it, and we pray that you would continue to do that, and so that the ministry um, may continue there. And I pray for Rachel that that you would give her strength, and Lord, give her um, the the continued walk with you that she'll continue to need, and I pray that as she grows in her own faith, Lord, she'll see you continuing to work in and through her. Lord, we pray for this space that you would make available. We pray that you would open it up, and so it would be so clear to them um, that, uh, that you have provided this, and it would mm-hmm. It would just be a gift from you and that you would get all the glory for it lord and we pray that that ministry would happen well and lord i just pray for wisdom as well Well, lord uh, ministry is sticky ministry is hard it's difficult and when you're in the trenches um it it is difficult to be able to navigate and so i pray for wisdom um, for rachel for her team for those who are ministering there in costa rica that they would be able to clearly exhibit love and truth. And so, Lord, we know that Jesus came in the fullness of truth and love, and I pray that you would help Rachel uh, to live that out in her team and that others would be drawn to that, that they would see that they are truly loved, uh, not only by Rachel and her team, but also by you, Lord, and that they would sense that and know that and that they would know that they... um, that their sins have been paid for in full as well. And so, Lord, bless Rachel, continue to supply all of her needs, and, Lord, may we continue to hear you doing great things through her and in her as well. And we thank you for this time, and we pray this all in the precious name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you.